Good morning. This is Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media, here with Brandon Lewis, Editor-in-Chief of Embedded Computing Design for this week's Embedded Insiders. Hello, Brandon. How are you? Doing well. How are you, Rich? I am doing just fine. Thank you. Um, so let's get right to it. You were at the RISC-V Summit last week in Santa Clara, correct? That is correct. Good, bad, indifferent? Um, it, it was really positive. Um, for everybody uh, who doesn't know, at this point, RISC-V defines an open source um, instruction set architecture from which a lot of companies are now producing, uh, you know, IP cores or processors. Um, so it's, uh, you know, in the past there have been similar attempts, uh, open risk, et cetera, um, that haven't really taken off the way that industry would like. Um, but it looks like RISC-V is gaining ahead of steam. Um, there were a lot of actual commercial products announced at the show this year, um, which is leaps and bounds ahead of, um, of some of the other alternatives that have come out in the past. So it was, it was a pretty good show. I'm, I'm excited. Cautiously optimistic, I'd say. Okay. Uh, what kind of announcements were there? Let me hear the biggies. Um, so... Western Digital, the storage company, um, re uh, released their uh, RISC-V uh, core that they're using for storage controllers, uh, Swerve. And it's a little bit odd to think that a storage company would be releasing, you know, open sourcing a, a RISC-V IP core. Um, so I'm not sure what the long term is there, but now the entire community has access to that. Um, other than that, there's some really big picture stuff. Well, hold, that on I learned. hold on a second. Hold on, hold sure. on, hold on, hold sure, on, hold sure. on. We, we need to talk about that. You can't just throw that out there and move on. That's, that, well, there, that's a big one. There's, there's, so many, there's so many great things to talk about. <laughs> so, all right, let's talk about it. Well, let's talk about the why, because I want to understand why they would do something like that. Why are they making this processor core open source so anybody is able to compete with them? Well, I was going to ask a little bit earlier if you wanted to get big picture stuff or more specifics. So let's talk a little bit big picture about uh, Western Digital. So currently there are a number of uh, major semiconductor vendors who are dabbling in RISC-V. Um, NXP is one, NVIDIA is one, um, but none of them have really you know, come out and really put their foot down, you know, put a stake in the ground about RISC-V, you know, for, for many reasons. You know, there's the ARM reason, there's the fact that, you know, RISC-V is still relatively new and you may not want to invest millions and millions of dollars of R&D in it. Um, so from the Western Digital standpoint, you're open sourcing uh, this storage controller. On the one hand, Western Digital is using it for internal purposes because they don't have to pay licensing fees on the hundreds of millions or billions of, uh, of disk drives that they ship every year um, you know, to ARM or anybody else. So they now have this free and open source alternative. On the other hand, um, by open sourcing their version of this RISC-V core swerve, they're basically helping promote the RISC-V ecosystem, which if the stronger the ecosystem is, the more likely they'll be able to continue using this free and open source technology uh, for their own purposes. Sounds a little altruistic. I mean, am I being cynical or, or what? I have suspicions, but I, I don't know if I'm ready to go on the record saying that, you know, at some point risk or WD is going to go out there and start spinning off its own IP and, you know, take a Qualcomm type business model. But, you know, 
time will tell. Okay. Now I saw there was something similar with NXP, right? Yeah, so NXP re- released a development board, and this is where it gets a little bit tricky. Um, so with NXP, they have created their own RISC-V chip and put it onto a development board, and that board is being sold through openisa.org. Now, the branding on openisa.org from the, you know, when you first get there uh, to the site does not reveal NXP whatsoever. Of course, if you dig a little bit deeper, you'll quickly find out that NXP is behind it. Um, so that may be a little bit of tap dancing around you know, the politics of technology. I'm, I'm not completely sure. I don't know why um, you would go into, go through all of the trouble of developing this chip um, and slapping it on this development board but not selling it um, you know, if you weren't really making plans to get behind RISC-V moving forward. But a funny thing happened on the way to developing that RISC-V chip. Um, I'm sure you're aware that RISC-V chip also has um, a pair of ARM cores on it. Yes, it does. So it's, I, I believe it's a quad-core device, so there are two RISC-V cores and two ARM cores on that it. That is correct. So side-by-side, side, I guess it's, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see which one performs better or, you know, if there's any, if there's any lack of, uh, you know, if there are any advantages or disadvantages um, between the cores that are on that chip. So, I don't know, interesting stuff. In interesting times, huh? Yes. You know, one last thing that I'll add about RISC-V is that there's sort of a confluence of, of circumstances that are going for it. Um, firstly, with the way that our international politics are right now, a lot of different nation-states um, are really interested in having access to their own technology so that if all of a sudden, you know, some some government shuts off the pipes to arm arm technology or intel technology they'll have a way forward and risk 5 sort of presents that opportunity and you'll see that um if you look around the web you know chi- china is really behind risk 5 it's for oddly india announced that risk 5 would be its like national processor or something moving forward um so that's a really that's a really big um plus for risk 5's future um, also, because RISC-V is open, it allows people to customize it in ways that are, you know, advantageous for whatever their applications are. Um, you know, today with Moore's Law kind of slowing down, it's, it's really advantageous to be able to tweak and tune um, the processor to whatever your needs are. Um, and on top of that, probably most importantly, RISC-V, because it's free and open source, is providing an opportunity for a lot of startups who, are, who want to develop chips or hardware um, to really cut development costs. Lately, over the past you know, 5, 10, 15 years, there's been sort of a drop-off in investment from venture capitalists in you know, the hardware area in particular because it costs so much to develop a chip, especially if you start adding on um, you know, all, this, all these licensing fees from an ARM or you know, any other IP vendor. I spoke with a company, Greenwaves, who produces this uh, Gap 8 uh, low-power microcontroller. Um, it's actually a parallel microcontroller. It's a pretty interesting technology. Maybe at some point we'll have them on. Um, but they said that they were able to develop their chip for you know, 25 to 30% of what they normally would have by using RISC-V versus an alternative. So uh, hopefully a path towards innovation there. Okay. 
And, you know, I have to say, for the big two that we talked about, NXP and WD, in both cases, they say that, and we have to take them at their word, that their primary goal is to push the ecosystem out there um, because without a vibrant ecosystem, uh, it'll die. So, you know, at, at, at this point, I'm, I'm going to believe them that that's why they're doing this stuff. And the ecosystem is definitely growing. I've seen IAR come through with um, a substantial offering. The operating system guys like Micrium and ExpressLogic are on the bandwagon. So, you know, we're making pretty significant strides. For sure. And, you know, there are even other, other big semis that are involved in it. Uh, NVIDIA's dipping its toe in the water. Qualcomm's dipping its toe in the water. So maybe they're, you know, a little hesitant now, like we mentioned uh, earlier. But, yes, the bigger the pie, you know, the better it is for everybody. Okay. Uh, anything else there that was significant that we should talk about? Oh, man, there were tons of things uh, at the show. I don't know if I can reach back in my memory bank and pull any really big ones out. Uh, just, you know, Risk Five is, um, you know, a lot of people are investigating it for um, artificial intelligence. It seems like the way things are shaking out, you know, people are just admitting uh, that um, Intel is sort of the data center architecture, ARM is the mobile architecture, and Risk Five maybe will take sockets in some of these IoT and AI, um, AI applications. We actually also moderated a session on security. Well, I did um, moderated a session on security in the RISC-V ecosystem um, and making it a viable alternative for commercial use. So obviously RISC-V was born out of uh, academia up at Cal Berkeley. And while academic solutions are great, um, it's a much different case when you're taking it actually into the market. So we had members of Rambus, uh, a startup called Hex5 Security, um, Andy's Technology, Dover Microsystems um, is a really engaging panel. Um, there may be slides available on the Risk 5 uh, Summit website. So if you have an opportunity, go check those out. And uh, yeah, like I said, there's just too much to recount at this point. Okay, can we look forward to you writing something about this, all this so we can see a summary? Of course. It will be up by the end of the week. Fantastic. Okay. I think that will wrap up our Embedded Insiders for this week. That was Brandon Lewis. He's the Editor-in-Chief of Embedded Computing Design, and I'm Rich Nass. I'm the Executive Vice President for the Embedded Group at Open Systems Media. Thanks, Brandon. Have a great day. You too, Rich.